Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about our church's Holy Week services when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 24 called The Blood of the Covenant. Abram believed in the Lord and that belief was credited to him as righteousness. That's Genesis 15, 6. And then the picture becomes even more clear because only God passes through the animal parts saying, I'm going to keep my covenant. I will be true to my promises. It's impossible for God to lie. Or as we said in Philippians 1, he who began a good work in you, he will complete it to the day of Christ. Now, notice the order. The first of the sprinkling happens on the altar, representing God, if you will. Um, So first, everything starts with God. Amen? (laughs) I mean, we're all here tonight, and I will tell you this, that uh, wherever you stand on what part you play in saving faith, I'll, I'll put that aside for a second. You all know that God is the great pursuer of sinners, right? He seeks to save the lost. He, he pursued us, knocked on our door, rattled the cage, shook the bushes, however you want to say it. And finally, we're like, okay, Lord, right? I surrender. Well, it starts with the altar, the place of sacrifice. It, it represents in some way God, and that's where it always starts. Then he took the book of the covenant. So first, he... Uh, puts a sprinkling of the blood on the altar, verse 6, end of the verse. Half the blood he sprinkles on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant. This is probably um, the covenant code from Genesis, uh, Exodus 21.1 to the end of 23. It could incorporate the whole thing. He took the book where it was written down and read it in the hearing of the people. Now you might say, this sounds familiar. Didn't they just hear? Didn't he just recount what he heard, and they said, yeah, 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 we, we do, we will, we will. Uh, yes, that's what happened. But now it's written down because first it had to be verbally agreed upon. Again, covenant language. Then it was written down and read again. How many of you believe in repetition is the key to learning? <laughs> I mean, we, we study the word of God, right? Uh, a lot of you have studied th- this passage before, and we study books of the Bible, and we're like, well, haven't you, you know, you ask somebody about the Bible, and they're like, yeah, I read it. You read it? What do you mean you, you, you read it? The Bible's alive, man. Amen? Yeah. And we need to continue to get the Word of God deep into our hearts. So he read it in the hearing of the people. Now here's the formal reading of the covenant after it was agreed upon. All that the Lord has spoken, what do they say? We will do it. We will be obedient. Sometimes when I'm doing a wedding, I kind of want to slow people down at the altar just a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, when, when someone's going to be married, uh, it is such a incredibly built-up day. It's hard to slow a groom and a bride down. And I try to tell them, all right, 
Just try to drink in the moment. And don't rush through your vows. And slow it down. Downshift a little bit. Don't be, yeah. I remember when Brenda and I were up there. I tried to kiss her before the, the kiss was supposed to happen. And the preacher shut me down. Oh, no, 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 no. And he was right to do so. I was out of order. So this may help you kind of get the order. This is what I will often say. Will you have this woman to be your wedded wife, to live together after God's ordinance and the holy estate of matrimony? Will you love her, comfort her, honor her, keep her in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, keep yourself only unto her so long as you both shall live? And he says, I will. I say the same to her. And then we do a formal vow. I so-and-so take thee so-and-so to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward. And then we go through the formal vow. Are you with me? First, I speak kind of a verbal agreement, and then we do the formal vow. That's where you could say the marriage is sealed in, in the exchanging of vows and rings. Amen? Symbols, but very important symbols. And so this is what's happening. And the symbol in this ceremony is the blood. So Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Now the blood does not get sprinkled until the formal uh, reading of the agreement is agreed upon. There's formality. There's a process. All things being done decently and in order. And it's read out. And then the people said, we will. And then the blood. And this is interesting and perhaps gross. The blood gets sprinkled on the people. And I would imagine that they didn't have that powerful stuff to get stains out back in the day. So your clothes that you had on that day may always carry that stain. And maybe that's the point. Because as believers, we know there's great significance in the blood being applied to us in covenant. But our covenant is the new covenant in his blood. Amen? And so this is what's going on. This is the picture. They say we will, and then the covenant, the blood, the blood that represents an innocent uh, substitute gets sprinkled on the people. Now I want you to hold that thought in mind and turn all the way over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. Hebrews is largely a commentary on stuff of the Old and New Covenant and Exodus, chapter 9. Let me show you just a few of the commentaries that the writer of Hebrews says in terms of rounding out the picture. He says, 9-11 of Hebrews. When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, Hebrews 9-12, He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained what? Eternal redemption. 
For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling uh, those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, if they make you acceptable at least for the moment, how much more from the lesser to the greater will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience, notice, from dead works to serve the living God. When you get saved, a cleansing occurs. And it is the cleansing of your conscience. Now, of course, we say, yeah, you get a new heart when you're saved and all of that. But the thing that we wrestle with as people, knowing that God's law has been written on our hearts, our conscience bears witness, Romans 2, 14 and 15, is when we violate our conscience, we feel guilt. Amen? In fact, the IRS, I don't know if it's still till this day, has a guilt fund. They get thousands of dollars given every year where they don't even know these people owe money and people give it out of guilt. Guilt is a very real thing because the law of God's been written on our hearts and our conscience bears witness. Conscience is a word that means with knowledge. Con is with, and science is knowledge. And so every time you sin, you violate your conscience. You sin knowing it. Amen? You sin with knowledge. You sin against the way God's wired you. Now, you can do it enough times where you can sear your conscience. Your conscience can become a bad barometer if you continue to violate it over and over and over again. The ultimate uh, one that should lead you, of course, is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. But this is what's going on. Um, This is what the blood of Christ does for us. The blood of Christ gives us this eternal redemption and cleanses our conscience. For this reason, look at 15. Jesus is the mediator of, here's our word, a new covenant. In order that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of what? The eternal inheritance. Skip down to verse 18 of the same chapter. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. This is directly now commenting on Exodus 24. For when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and the goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And in the same way, he sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry with the blood. According to the law, one may almost say, all things are cleansed without blood. And then very familiar to all of us. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Skip down to chapter 10. Look at verse 19 of the book of Hebrews. Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place How do we enter? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, Hebrews 10, 20, which he inaugurated. Now, he inaugurated the new covenant for us through the veil that is his flesh. 
Since we have a great priest over the house of God, not Aaron, not even Moses, but Jesus, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from what? Here it is again, an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Resurrection Sunday is almost here. Moving through the book of Matthew, talking about the kingdom of God and anxiety and how to overcome it in the words of Jesus. Pastor Michael Lance has invited you to celebrate Easter at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Early risers can come to the first service at 6 a.m. Just bring a chair and a blanket, maybe a carafe of coffee or whatever you need, and we'll be celebrating the Lord early in the morning as the sun comes up. Visit Living Truth Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday for the 6 a.m. sunrise service, the 8.30 service, 10.30 service, or for the Spanish-speaking service at 1 p.m. Remember, you can always tune into our YouTube channel If you are not available to join us live or locally, we have a YouTube channel and you can get to it at walkintruth.com. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona. Download the Living Truth app for more information or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's the Living Truth app or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. How do we enter? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, Hebrews 10, 20, which he inaugurated. Now, he inaugurated the new covenant for us through the veil that is his flesh. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, not Aaron, not even Moses, but Jesus, Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from what? Here it is again, an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Go down to Hebrews 12, final few verses to round out the picture. Look at verse 22. Hebrews 12, 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. I was reading a commentary this week in The writer was saying that in the Christian church, we're saved by the blood of Jesus. The moment that we repent and receive Christ, we are born again. We have the righteousness of Christ. But the ceremony that symbolizes us being in the new covenant with God and with his community is what? Baptism. It's baptism. Now, I will be careful to say that baptism doesn't save you. We all know that. But baptism is the ceremonial aspect of entering into the covenant. It's the symbol of entering into the covenant. So I hope you can see the parallel. 
the sprinkling of the water or the immersing down into the water now becomes a picture of the covenant, the new life of that individual as they come up out of the water. But they do it in front of the covenant community and now they belong to the Lord and to his people. They are in covenant. That's why when someone's going to go into a baptismal, we often say, have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Have you committed to follow him all the days of your life as you make this public confession of faith? Yes, I do. Into the waters of baptism you go. The ceremony that celebrates the covenant. And now we, of course, have something else we do. What do we do? We take the matzah and we take a cup of juice and we remember the new covenant in his blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel, speaks better than the blood of bulls and calves. In fact, the blood of bulls and goats could never take away your sin. But the blood of Jesus takes it away once and for all and for all time. Amen? Because at the cross, he was wounded for my transgressions, pierced for my iniquities. It is through faith in the blood, Romans 3.25, that I am saved. The blood of Jesus, which speaks of the death of Jesus, that he died as a substitutionary atoning sacrifice for my sin is where all of the sacrificial pictures are pointing to the ultimate lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Amen? And this first covenant was simply, you know, it showed the desperate need that the people could not keep the law, right? Yeah, 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 we'll do that. Yeah, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll be faithful. Yeah, 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 we promise. I promise, I promise. Cross my fingers, hope, whatever. In rapid fire. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, Ephesians 1, 7. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, Ephesians 2.13. 1 Peter 1.2 says, Jesus Christ, that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in fullest measure, 1 Peter 1.2. And Revelation 1.5 says, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it can be a little strange when you first hear some of these things and you're like, man, I remember I was preaching on on some of these topics and a gentleman who's gone home to be with the Lord said, it was a bloodbath in there. (laughs) It was blood. There was blood everywhere. And he had this way about him. uh, But he was saying how much he appreciated understanding what had happened that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the types and shadows. All to do what? To lead us back to God. That's why he came. That's how much he loves us. Amen? Now I'm going to invite you, uh, if you're a believer in Jesus, to come down and participate in a moment of communion. Pastor Shane's going to come up and sing nothing but the blood for us. And the way we do this is uh, we invite you to just make your way to the front Um, there's a table with the elements right below me and uh, to have a moment where you remember what Jesus has done for you. 
if you're new to the things of the Lord and uh, maybe you haven't opened your heart to Christ yet and made it official, made it formal, this would be a great time to do that. You may say, how do I do it, Pastor Michael? Well, here's how you do it. You say, Lord, I'm repenting of my sin. I'm turning from that and I'm turning to you. And in a formal moment, I'm going to declare that I belong to you and that I'm no longer going to live for myself. I'm no longer going to live for false gods. I'm no longer going to live for the stuff of the world. I'm turning my life over to you. Something like this. Would you bow your hearts? I believe, Jesus, that you came into this world as God in human flesh. Pray this if it's you. And pray it now. I believe you came into this world as God in human flesh. I believe that you fulfilled the law and lived the perfect life that I could never live. I believe that you died on that terrible cross as my substitute, taking my punishment that I deserved. I believe that you rose from the dead, just as you said you would, conquering death and bringing life and immortality to light through your gospel. I repent of my sin. I'm sorry. I've sinned against you more times than I'd like to count. But I'm turning to you and what you've already done for me at the cross. I believe in you. I ask that you would save me. Give me a new beginning in Jesus. Let me be born again to that living hope in Christ. Amen. And if you are a prodigal, Maybe you're watching right now via live stream and you've been wandering. Maybe you've been confused. Follow him. He'll lead you where you need to end up. Just come on home. And for all the saints here, Lord, may you bless them as they partake of your supper, which remembers the new covenant in your blood. May you be honored in the way that we honor you in these last moments in Jesus' name. You've been listening to The Blood of the Covenant, Part 3, on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 24, 1-8. Now, you're invited to our Holy Week services this week. Pastor Michael is the Senior Pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Pastor Michael hopes you attend your church's services, but if for some reason you are not able to attend, we're live-streaming our Good Friday service at 6 p.m. Pacific Time and our Easter Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time. We like to call it Resurrection Sunday. But anyway, get all the information you need by visiting walkintruth.com and click on Church. Or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com and click on Church. Now here's Pastor Michael with a word before we go. Well, as we conclude this message on the blood of the covenant from Exodus chapter 24, I can't help but think of Jesus at what we call the Last Supper, taking that third cup of the Seder, the cup of redemption, and saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And I can't help but just want to cry out, Oh, Lord, we remember you. We remember how you fulfill the law, how you're the perfect lamb, spotless, without blemish, how you never sinned, and yet you laid down your life. No one took your life from you, Lord. 
You laid it down of your own accord. You had the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again. And the beauty of the message of the cross that we celebrate that we'll talk about tomorrow right here, and it'll, it'll be preached all over, really all over the world, is the message of a God that so loved his creation, so loved the world, um, so loved you that he gave his only son to die in that brutal way and to do it once, once for all, for all time. And the, the main key of how you receive that is by trusting in Jesus Christ. God wants you to exercise faith in him, to believe on him, to make him both Savior and King, Lord of your life, to know, to learn what the kingdom of God is all about, to serve him, not just as your Savior, as incredible as that is, but as your King, as your Lord. We've been talking about that as we've been moving through the Gospel of Matthew at the local fellowship that I serve at called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You want to know more? You can be checking out those messages on the website. Well, tomorrow we're going to jump into Good Friday. And as we've been moving through the book of Exodus, we did extensive teaching on Christ in the tabernacle, the tent that God instructed Moses to uh, build that then got supplanted by the physical temple, the permanent structure, if you will. Christ is all over the uh, individual pieces of the tabernacle, the curtains and so forth. And it takes us right into the Holy of Holies. And we're going to be jumping into that teaching uh, tomorrow, right here on Walk in Truth, as we look at Exodus 27. Hey, invite a friend to uh, listen in if they're interested about more teaching about the tabernacle. And uh, I pray that it'll be a wonderful and powerful Good Friday for all of us. So I look forward to that, and we'll see you right here, Lord willing. And join us tomorrow for Good Friday and Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 27 called Christ in the Tabernacle. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.